Green Visions, Green Ideas. Alcyon consists of a diverse community of more than 1,600 people in southern Denmark that want to become more sustainable. Listen to our plans and see how you can contribute. Everybody talks about wind and solar power when it comes to sustainable energy supply. But what happens to windmills when they get renewed and silicon solar cells with the poisonous metals inside? In recent articles, these problems were discussed. We highlight some of these findings here. Hello and welcome to our third episode of Green Visions, Green Ideas. On the microphone today, Katharina Ruban from SDU in Sonderborg and Oliver Niebuhr joins in for our discussion. The podcast is as usual sponsored by all good speakers. Thank you. When we talk about renewable energy sources, we often count them as CO2 neutral sources of energy. Of course, we need to put in some materials to produce a windmill or solar cells or other techniques that produce electricity out of heat, out of the sun, of wind and water. But the corresponding CO2 is usually a relatively small amount compared to the CO2 savings that the construction guarantees over its lifetime. There is no doubt that the development of the past 20 years had led to a tremendous increase in efficiency and to less material use per kilowatt hour produced. If we have a look at the energy payback times of windmills, then this is about seven months. And for silicon solar cells, it is still less than two years. Wow. Okay, so just to clarify, energy payback is the time for which, for example, a wind turbine needs to be in operation before it has generated as much electricity as it has consumed in its entire production cycle. After all, keep in mind that coal or gas power plants never pay back any energy the way it is discussed with the renewable sources nowadays. With coal and gas, we consume a form of power that was built in millions of years. We burn it and increase every minute of its use the amount of carbon emitted to the atmosphere. Let's have a look at the materials used for renewable energy generation. Expecting that the growth rate for renewable energy sources will continue to rise, we face more and more solar panels and windmills being exchanged by the new ones and thus ending up as waste. Just as other power plants, the question arises how much of the materials can actually be recycled. Yes, and exactly this question was addressed by P Peter Hasseldahl uh, in an article that I recently read in Monday Morn. This was an article in Danish. He states that there exists today no solution to reuse the materials of old windmills and solar panels. A circular economy asks for reuse of all materials. Nowadays, windmills are over 100 meters high, and the wings consist of composite materials with a core of PVC and glass fiber around to keep its weight down and make them stable. It isn't easy to saw through such a device if you have to demount it in the end. The reuse is limited to some kinds of burning where the glass fiber is left in the furnace leg. On the other side, there is a lot of plastic waste from other sources. 
Hardened plastic is used in tubings for district heating, in mattresses, in the soles of our shoes, and as filling in furniture. After research of Energiestuelsen in Denmark, we had 320 tons of windmill wings to scrap in Denmark in 2019. Compared to this, the total amount of plastic waste in Denmark each year is about 350,000 tons. Wow, that's a bit of a difference. Now let's talk about the solar panels. Torben Tang from the consulting company ITU checked the reuse of solar panels. He pointed out that you face the challenge that you should produce something that lasts at least 20 years in all weather conditions. The panels need also to be lightweight and cheap. Therefore, lead is used in small amounts to solder the back metal stripes. The lead is suitable to withstand the temperature changes on the roof better than other soldering materials. The back cover overall is very problematic because it is a kind of plastic that is very resistant and contains combinations of fluor that give rise to poisonous gases when it is burned. It is possible to use glass, but this will make the modules too heavy. It would be possible to separate the layers of solar cells in the wear down process, but this is costly and therefore it is not the method of choice. Instead, the panels get squeezed and the materials and metals extracted. The remnants can only be used as filling material. Maybe there's some hope with the new EU regulations about the reuse of materials. Yes, that would be really good to get some new regulations on this. For solar panels, there is also some other hope on the way in form of thin film organic solar cells. Actually, here at Arceon, we have Professor Morten Messen and his group at MCI that researches on organic solar cells. The materials used are more environmentally friendly and can be printed as thin films comparable to the way the newspaper a newspaper is printed. But organic solar panels are rarely used on the market so far. They need some more development to increase, increase their lifetime. I asked Morton what he considers problematic with the current production of solar panels and he explained that the toxic materials that go in the production are problematic. Another point is the purification of the silicon that needs explosive gases and just recently led to some explosions at a production site in China. The organic solar cell production is safe and the organic materials are environmentally friendly. Of course, OPV, as it's also called, is mostly plastics, considering the substances that, are that they are printed on. So we end up having to reuse this plastic again. Morton does not see that as a big problem, though. It is about proper green recycling procedures, he says. Also, plastic can be made in many ways and bioplastics is popping up more and more. You can meet Morton, by the way, on the 30th of October in Weile as part of Industrien's Uhr, where he will talk about flexible solar cells. But all this waste brings us back to the need of recycling for and using materials that can be integrated into a cycle. Hmm. And the problems will increase over the years as we go for power to X. Power to X means that we transform the power produced, for example, from windmills, to store it in other forms like hydrogen or other chemical forms for long-term storage and use. Other materials 
considered to be widely available, become less abundant in our days, like sand in the building industry. We know, for example, that China's building industry used more cement in three years since, since 2003 than the US had used in the entire 20th century. China uses almost half of the world's concrete, actually. Yes, this is a tremendous amount and you can read about this in The Guardian in an article. The reuse of materials would really limit the amount of new materials that we have to use and also save us from huge amounts of waste. But to reuse the materials, we need to think it in the construction and design of what we build. So therefore, we also prepare an interview in the next episode with Lücke Margot Ricard, who researches at SDU Innovation and Design in Odense on the reuse of materials. With this, we conclude this episode and thank you for listening and send us some comments. We look forward to it. Yes, we do. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>